0: Welcome to another session here at the Kickpod Dojo. I'm your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you an insider of my martial arts experience, as well as discussing and um, analyzing certain martial arts-based subjects and also highlighting martial arts from around the world, past, present, and future. Okay, so today i got a guest with me from another UFAF member. Um, So coming from San Diego, California, I have uh, Master Joe Chandler with me. And, um, of course, you're the owner of the Street Smart um, Self-Defense Dojo, I'm I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not really what I'm going to dojo in, you know, a uh, traditional sense, because I kind of, you know, market specifically to Street Self-Defense, so I still, you know, um, work with, like, the gambles, for instance, around here. I'll go help and teach with them or up to Roger and Master's at home once in a while. Um, for you have or traditional karate, but most of my thing is, you know, focused towards purely street self-defense. So it's a different skill set to me. And also, I train, you know, 80% of the people are more, uh, 90% of them never really trained. So it's, it's been a learning experience over thirty plus years because
0: even they have no
1: you know, understanding of fighting or have never been in the ring, or sparred, you know, they, just, they have to learn from, you know, square one and even the athlete. It's interesting how they just don't uh, have the skill set to make a translation a lot of times. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, martial
1: artists have some reference point, but still, uh, as you know, and uh, it's different with now Krav and some of the other things coming in and jiu-jitsu and MMA, but the traditional setting, you know, the, don't spend a lot of time on streets. So uh, you know, it's a small portion because of testing requirements and format and everything you gotta you gotta do. So when well, I came up, I don't know about you. You know, do a section at the end, maybe ten minutes or whatever on you know, grab art and defense. Yeah. But we never got into the verbal, uh, you know, um, awareness and control and interjection and. Body positioning yeah. and also the separating clearing, which people just take for granted. But uh, when we've done seminars with martial artists like our region seminar, you see that some of these people still have a problem adapting, you know, because they're taught traditionally uh, and then traditional mindset, their rules, you know, courtesy, maybe not in MMA.
0: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I- so, we're going to get more into, like, what you do with, the Street start Smart Self-Defense, so, but I want to get to your, like, um, how you build your own house, like, um, like you build yourself before you go on to doing your own thing, so we're going to start off with, um, how would you best describe yourself before martial arts got into your life? Well, I'm extremely
1: creative, and, and uh, I, I posted this the other day on Facebook, it's funny to me that... When I grew up, I was in gifted and talented, and they always trying to find a place for you. And you know, school, especially when you're younger, and they call it the creative. And now they call it ADHD.
0: Mm. All right. Hey, you still hear me? Hmm. Hello. Hmm. Oh, he must have cut off oh shoot.
1: Things and see things from different angles. You
0: know. Yeah. hey, right, so all right, so get into your um like like we say, what was the one event that got you interested in martial arts?
1: Um, I think like most people, especially my age, I'm I'm two, um I that that age that I grew up, you know. Chuck Norris and, and Bruce Lee were probably, you know, the initial, uh, I guess, idols and influences of me, and even more. Once I met Mr. Norris, you know, a teenager, my brother Jim Chandler was actually uh, taking karate at uh, the Janet and Hilltop Studios down, the uh, Chuck Norris original Chuck Norris Studios down in, uh, uh, you know, Virginia Beach. So I wanted to, and was interested in it. And I was, you know, played a lot of sports, but uh, karate was something, and I've always seen karate as something different with the martial arts, I should say, that a lot of people that don't fit in anywhere else have to find a place to fit in because they don't necessarily want to be on the team sport. You know, or, um, so I've just seen a lot of learners and a lot of people that, i you know, never trained in other things or played, you know, organized sports or whatever come to the martial arts over the years. And uh, same with martial arts and personal training, you know, just development mentally and physically for a lot of people, you know, changed their whole who they are. And I, I can't figure that out if I had never gotten involved in martial arts, you know, because just like I see you and, you know, all these people out of Vegas every year for our convention. It's like a family, uh, a lot of connections, a lot of uh, life lessons, a lot of mentoring. You
0: know, recontact,
1: uh, try to mentor people, and you know, a lot of these guys like Chip Bright and, uh, um, you know, Stephen Hammersley. I mean, these like those that I looked up to, mentored me. You know, uh, just in general, uh, attitude, aptitude, dealing with people. You know, life situations. So
0: so tell me like how can you best describe your first lesson is like you guys got started and like how would you s- describe your first lesson
1: you know it's funny you, know, you try to think back on these things sometimes cause i'll try to get back in my head and i'm like you know look at video and i don't remember the first lesson honestly because <laughs> it was a bit county, and it was you know i was eight so fucking you know 40 something years ago um I the first time though, that I, I, you know, the county program, there's a lot of good people that, you know, have good meaning, uh, you know, to, to train in those settings, but they don't really go outside of whatever they initially learn. So the first time I went to the Virginia Beach studio, I just always remember getting that complete eye-opening uh, situation. I think I was at Greenbelt, and I went to a basic class there, like a beginner's class, and I... So like I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> because um, people like, you know, they had the best instructors, a group of instructors in I've ever seen
0: at that time with that
1: sign, um, Rick Prieto, uh, Robbie Oliver, and I think Robbie Oliver was actually the one that taught that class, and I was just blown away by, you know, his dynamic style the, you know, local queuing, the diversity of how they put everything together, the way they made you move. Um, You know, when we're teaching, and Anne in the streets of was talking about dynamics and in our uh, intonation. So, you know, when we're alive and we use that dynamic and intonation, people respond to it when we train them. Uh, when we're monotone or, you know, complacent or whatever, people are going to respond the same way. So I think, and Robbie, uh, Robert step. Uh, just to just me one of the most amazing, you know, instructors and the people I've ever met. So I think that, like I said, as you go through your martial arts journey, uh, you know, it, what you started with to me, uh, you know, you, you value it but you're always looking for, you know, different things and, and progressions and uh, you know, ways to expand and grow.
0: Yeah, so I I know you say you can't remember your first lesson. I pretty much can remember mine because it's pretty much been 25 years since my first lesson. Almost, I remember I started with a cold. I mean, I was in the back back room of Prestes. I mean, you no, know, just to think about it, like we are going to moving up to our new location soon. So I'm just thinking about like the old location. It's kind of making me sad because that was the place I grew up with for like the past 25 years. I mean, but I'm I'm excited about the new place.
1: I think that might be another reason that, you know, the Virginia Beach studio, you know, I frame it in my head because uh, I had never taken the studio at that time, um, you know, in the county you were like, you know, like you're saying, you're in a cold, I, I was from the East Coast, you know, D.C. area, Northern Virginia, you were in a cold, you know, uh, gym or cafeteria in a, in a school, so to me, it all just blends together, you know, um, what we were doing. I just remember being cold. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
1: And at that time, we didn't have the awareness of cross-training, so, you know, we'd get down, first thing, and stretch cold on the cold floor, which, you know, uh, so many people, that's another specialty of mine, because I've been personal training so long, because I was trying to cross-train and get people to uh, use the things at disposal now, you know, to cross-train. And people your age, what age range you're
0: uh, say again.
1: What age range are you in?
0: Age, um, I'm
1: 35. Okay. Well, even a even year, still, you know, you, you guys had a lot of benefit, you know, things that were coming up the cross train. MMA helped, uh, you know, to open that door. Um, you know, kettlebells, uh, different, kind, you know, there's so many different things that we didn't, and we just didn't have the, the science to understand. So we did so many, you know, old school things that, can still have value, but unfortunately, a lot of the you know great martial arts that I know have had hip you know, flexor, uh, you know, back, knee issues, hip uh, replacement uh, by 50 because we just didn't have the you know the knowledge of you know of all the ways you could you know, cross train. We lifted you know heavy, we set the ton, and thought that was going to translate to getting in the ring doesn't work that way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think that, you know, uh, the modern approach, uh, just like gymnastics and, you know, ice skating and all these other things, people competing, I think the instructors, you know, are smart enough and the coaches, too, to get people to cross train, you know, in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of side coaching for, like, MMA fighters and stuff over the years. Because of my background, I just you know run into people and they'll be like, okay, so people going to specialized coaches, you know, or specialized things, they're realizing they can't just, you know, do it all because that's not what they do, you know. So, I these great traditional martial artist, uh, some of these people, like, for instance, that I grew up with in an era that was crazy with the forms, which I competed against people like you know, Charlie Lee, um, Don Chung. Uh, I'm trying to think, Michael Bernardo, all these fantastic warms people, but some of these people weren't fighters. So, you know, different people have different skills to, you know, not that they can't fight, but I'm just saying that's not their specialty. So, uh, for example, if you're familiar with Chip and Chip Wright, everyone thinks of him as a fighter, respect him as a great fighter.
0: So, going to your first black belt test. So, I mean, I've been hearing, like, stories from other black belts about how they did their black belt test. So, how would you describe yeah, your first you degree? well people were old school
1: with UPAP, and uh, the problem with the traditional, or, or my my take, traditionally the people I was taking with, you know, they did everything back. at the time, there was no restarting. Yeah. So they determined, yeah, at that point, you failed. Like, I didn't know that at that time. But, you know, uh, so, it was just hardcore as far as, you know, we fought through everyone at the end. Uh, I think we had 15 people on I don't know if that was that test, was a, the, the next one that I, you know, when I came back, it passed. But, I had to reprogram myself to say, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to come back, you know, uh, and and pass this time with no, you know, issues. Um, but also, as a secondary black belt, you're going back, you know, you're teaching people, and you just fail the black belt them. So it's kind of, you know, ego part, you know, how do I even explain this to them? Um, which, you know, is a nice translation, too, to the uh, traditional, you know, versus or sport versus the street, um, you know, in my head, I'm always like, how do you, you know, uh, deal with it if you actually get hurt seriously on the street when we're teaching people all the time, you know, uh, it's just going to happen, uh, unfortunately, if you engage people, but, you know, just trying to, uh, we make the wrong decision the wrong time, the wrong choice, that person makes the right choice, you know, um, they can be blind, it hurts damage, whatever, and in Sparry it depends on the studio, which if you've trained a bunch of places, which I think you have, you know, the, the environment's different. Some places, they're banging, you know, they go hard, and other places, like, you can't make face contact, you know, or head contact, you know, it's just a totally different, uh, you know, some, days, uh, especially now, they'll let you take a person down and go to grappling range, yeah. which in point fighting, there was always supposed to be three seconds to score a person on the ground, but what they do? They break you. I'm saying they've always done that. They never want let you,
0: you know, follow up for that three seconds. So. Hey, so I want to go into this, like the conventions, this year's convention. I mean, of course, this is our first year back since um, 2019. All right, so, of course, you were probably ex- excited as excited as I was. So what was your well, main mindset? See, you know,
1: for us, how many years have you been coming out there?
0: Well, for this year it would be 11 because it would be my 11th time going to the convention yeah. yeah I
1: mean for a lot of us you know we've been coming out there I think it's 41 years now or something mm-hmm. so it's like you know it's uh, it, it's so just part of our you know our psyche in our life to see everyone like I said like I guess like a uh, you know a fraternity or extended family and uh been around a long time, you know. We're seeing the students that the people our age or older are bringing up, you know, the next generations, and you know, they put us more in charge, I guess, with the rings and all this stuff, you know. But uh, it was, you know, a great experience. Uh, it was good to see, you know, Ms. Norris looking, uh, feeling good. Definitely, I think that helped everyone. I mean, it's unfortunate that PSP uh, couldn't get out there, um, but you know. Just Hammersley did, a, did a, a, a good seminar. That I think, with everything going on right now, that um, I think, self defense, grief, crime, and all these things are very important because of we're in a kind of crazy, you know, society and situation. But we don't know where it's going. You know, with everything going on, uh, anxiety is just up there. You yeah. know, people with uh, their businesses, uh, they're isolated. Um. Yeah, it's just a, it was a great thing just to get out there, you know, see everybody. And I was actually surprised in a way that everyone looked sharp. You know, with everything going on, there didn't seem to be a lot of rust. There didn't seem to be, you know, uh, if anything, it looked cleaner to me overall. But what I was interesting that I don't know if you, your take was the same, but we talked about it. There was less contact with hero. I've ever seen a turtle and there was less people and we got it done quicker but yeah. Alan Wood comes out you know and thank God comes out every year and works on everybody uh, as a chiropractor it was the first year we've never had anybody you know with a serious injury yeah. um, it just happened you know on that floor uh, you know nothing nothing major so I thought it was interesting that I just didn't see the, the level of contact that You've got tournaments to me, I just don't think I've ever fought without getting hit. You know, hard. Yeah. You never know with open tournaments. Sometimes, you know, you'll find a guy that's great, you'll find a guy in the middle, you fight people that you know, you never know what to expect. But and then uh coming from I think New York and that circuit up there is the same, but I mean people want D C and of banged. I mean they hit. Um, it got rough in there sometimes. Um, but you've got you know, I'm just saying everyone was solid. It was like you could just never get an easy fight. You are gonna get tagged. Um so I didn't really see, like I said, as much contact with year. Yeah. In my opinion. I don't know. I don't know
0: what you, you know what you thought but. Well definitely the one thing that kinda of sparked my interest is was um, the Master Rank induction ceremony, of course. We had seventeen people got inducted for master rank. Yeah. yeah.
1: Always cool. I always feel cheated because i never got to do that because I was already a fifth degree before that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something to me that, you know, you kinda, it gives you that ability to use your own creativity you know, to, to display what you, you've done all this time and introduce yourself, you know. Uh, so, I always wish I would have got to do that, you know. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people, uh, it was pretty quick, actually, though, so the way it was done. Um, and so, you know, once again, everybody looked sharp. It was diverse, you know, some different things in there. Um, but yeah, I think that was that was cool, you know, sped off everything. And just Mr. Norris in general, his whole demeanor I think set the tone for that, you know, when he was talking. He just always, you know, was uh, reaching out to people. And so different, I think, than some people think about, you know, his persona for the movies and all this other stuff, i wish hes a good the nicest guy that I've ever met in my life, you know? He's always approachable, easygoing, you know, open, uh, and I think that's why so many of us in UFAP got involved in UFAP and, you know, uh, respect him, not just, you know, as a martial artist, but.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to my master rank induction ceremony. Definitely. I was like, really pay attention to that because, you know, I'm getting, my wheels are turning. I want to have a good idea, have a good performance. You know, definitely. Yeah, and, I mean, it's getting more, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see, like I said, with the younger
1: people, because you're seeing some of the tricky and some of the other stuff working, but I'm waiting to see more creative and you know because you're getting out of the you know I'm just saying a lot of people want a
0: certain mindset and yeah some people use using music but I, I want to see you know sort of seeing like people really you know be a little more creative and uh, you know put their own stamp on it yeah you know? uh, all right, so let's get to your um your street smart um self-defense um studio I should say um so when when did you first start that?
1: I started a business back, well, I actually did, I think, the first seminar that, you know, uh, we were at the rec center and did a seminar for women. And over the years, you know, changed uh, when I was 16. So me and my brother, I think, did a seminar. And we actually, I'm not sure if it was that one, but we did one uh, that year that we found a, uh, learned a life lesson really quick that <laughs> you have to have a limit on seminars because uh, the, the rec center did it, so it was cheap, and they signed people up, and they didn't do a, whatever, whatever everybody calls it now, a uh, early bird. So, you know, the early bird mainly gets you know, people to sign up for a little bit cheaper, but it also gives you an idea how many people you know coming. And we ended up having 200 people to up for a seminar, and there was only like 10 or 20 or something signed up the day before, and they just showed up. And it was like, we had no idea, you know, how to organize this, handle this at the time. We didn't have a microphone. So over the years, you know, I just always try to, you know, make sure I manage uh, how many people I don't like to work with. Ideally, 120, because you have uh, 10 pairs of two that you can organize and where you can see them. Mm. And also, the biggest thing we've seen over the years, I, I just videotape. I think I'm up to about 800 or something private seminars now. So we have just been doing this for so long. So many different uh, kinds of people and situations and things that uh, we're just always trying to kind uh, of maximize. You know, you got to have a, you know, if you got like 10 people or so, at least you got energy. Uh, you got just two people. It depends on the people. But I'm saying they may not have, you know, much energy in situation. But when we videotaped it, when it goes over 15 to 20, the retention goes down, because they, you know, just like any classroom setting, uh, they can't ask questions. Uh, there's hearing issues sometimes, you know, where they're not taking things in. Uh, so just, just, it takes longer to get the same amount of information out, um, you know, in that process, because people start asking questions on one thing. Let's just say, like, the one that says, oh, we're be a, a bear. That conversation, if you don't control it, can go on for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So it, it, I've always uh, respected these people over the years, like Mr. I uh, was a big influence to me, Danny Lane a big influence to me, that did seminars and uh, were very effective, but also interactive and cool. You know, what they were doing to stay focused it's it's actually for me, really easy to get off base, you know, because you're trying to trying to answer people's questions or address, you know, what they're asking at time. Uh, you know, so it's it, it, uh I have so many different templates and I go I through so many different ways,
0: you know. Yeah, it's like thinking this street smart and no, um like definitely I can tell you like a couple of weeks ago I mean, of course, I'm a professional wrestler. I mean, here I am in the locker room getting ready for the show or doing nothing. Of course, yet this guy comes in. He, I don't know who he is, but yet he starts having an argument with another wrestler. And he kept telling him, you want to come outside? You want to come outside? And then I guess they are trying to settle the situation. And then, of course, I'm sitting here and it's like starting to get real hot. There's like there's yelling a lot. And then, of course, I think this guy was like stupid enough to come in the locker room with four wrestlers, and yet he makes the first strike, and then it gets got crazy. I mean, I know it didn't happen to me, but it's like I'm sitting there watching it happen. But yet, it was that point when I saw him attack, then you know, I went, I just didn't think about my life. You know, I didn't know if he was carrying, but I just went ahead and just just broke up the fight. I mean, I was just trying to, I was just trying to protect my friends. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot, and I had to learn qualifying questions, I would call it, when I was training people, especially when I started in private, because I have to, you know, know them and understand them. But um, in a situation, I don't want to go into the whole thing because it's too long, but uh, my, my ex wife, which, which is still one of my best friends, and I still use to, to train when I can, uh, you know, to do a seminar because I trained her so long. And we still work out at times. But, um, She went into the zoo in D.C., and you know the East Coast, just in public areas. (laughs) You get crazy people. I mean, it was hot and everything else, and um, she went into the bathroom, and I heard all this yelling, so I'm concerned because I don't know what's going on in there, but I didn't even know she was involved in this in any way, and I see her coming out looking, you know, scared. I can just see it in her face. She, she's kind of frozen, doesn't know what to do. And I'm pushing come now. You know, walk towards me, keep moving, because I wanted to get her away from this and find out what was going on. And within seconds, I see this girl following her, this Is a black girl, screaming at her. So the only reason I bring it up is because this girl's yelling a bunch of racial stuff. So regardless if it was racial or not, which it usually isn't, <laughs> <laughs> she had made it into an issue here and we're in an area, you know, DC's large or you know, a large amount of, of black people in the area. But they don't know what the, what she did or didn't do. And I didn't I didn't know what was going on. And the bottom line was this girl just walked up the front line like my like way to get going to the stall and she pushed her. And I like that, wrestler you don't know if they're on something. They're on what's going on with this person? Yeah. But she just, you know, maintained herself, sort walked out and, you know, gave her an attitude like, what, what are you looking at? And then as soon as she waited for her, she walked her out of the bathroom and started yelling at her again everything else. So the one reason i bring this situation up was I, I was training, a you newer know, knew her for five or six years at this point, and I was training her, and she taught seminars with but I had never asked her the question, which we just don't a lot of times when we're close to people, have you ever been in a real fight? I'd never, you know, just, it had never come up. And she was, you know, we walked away, you know, I walked straight towards a the cop. The, the school and went to her family, and the, the family started to try to, you know, engage, and then they saw the cop and took off. Um, so the problem was resolved, thank God. But she was just, you know, upset about it for like two days and kept, you know, upset and assessing, well, I don't know, did I do the right thing? What like, didn't I, you know, did I, you know, I said, well, you did the right thing because we got out of the situation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. see these people get. So, you know, the right decision. I'm like, if you would have been you know, make contact with her or something, then we could have a completely different situation here.
0: You know, I mean,
1: but I said, I think the thing is bothering you, more. I think she kept getting upset about it. So I said, What was going through your head when she confronted you, you know, coming out? Like, did you think she was going to attack? She goes, I didn't know one way or another. I said, But what did, were you going to do if she attacked? And she goes, I, I don't know. And I said, That's the point. And then we got into discussion because I've never been in a real fight with someone. No. So like you said, when we're just even used to training and that contact or we're involved in, you know, contact sport, different things we learn to, you know, take that adrenaline, take contact, not, you know, completely freak out and so on and so forth. And uh, I think that's a big thing, like you said, your, you know, your background and what you've been, uh, what you've experienced, what you've seen and what you, that's happened to you, you know, is a big difference uh, in how you're going to react, or adapt or adjust um, to situations, and, uh, like, you talk about wrestling, uh, anything that's entertainment-based, you know, uh, certain people can just, you know, like the rock, people can just, you know, light that up, you know, uh, verbally and then physically, and then other people don't have that same, you know, intensity or that Generate that kind of energy. Yeah. So, you know, it's just always interesting to me that I was asked to a seminar or a real situation or anyone close to you because, you know, the first hand experiences, I think, are the, one of the most important things to learn, you know, what people actually do and what they think, uh, too.
0: Yeah, so definitely a That's the thing that I think about when I'm teaching these kids, you know, of course, with your street smarts, um, do you actually have them start on the ground? Because, you know, that's where you probably end up, like, majority of the time. Well, the reason, you know, the Gracies
1: themselves and the Matadas over the years have changed that. They originally said that. Then they went back years ago and said, well, people go to the ground, but they want to and usually get back up if they end up. Not being severely injured or survive, so I don't technically go to the ground I want them on the ground, and uh, I trained I mean initially, and also if you're doing a seminar, you have to do a completely different seminar just on the ground. You don't have the time I'm saying you know to lay the foundation of work you know, and just like when we started uh, out in Vegas we were on you know. Uh, I, I think at the time, in you know, either T-shirts or you know, we wanted to see as we were on floors that we, were, they, we were getting sunburned, you know, hurt, everything else. And these people also, if they've never grappled, everybody now is adapted to learn. Okay, you know, you got me. Pat, stop, go on. When we started, we were killing each other because it was an ego thing. You know, I'm gonna you know, I might go to <laughs> and I'm not gonna pat, and see. Like I said, uh, the kids may be a different situation, though, because especially in playground, school, bullying, that kind of stuff, there's definitely a place for the ground, you know what I mean, to address that. But I want them up and moving, uh, especially with the people i trained over the years. And one of my top black belts is an off for the government. He's been all over the world. He's done everything that you can do with weapons. And he talks about all the time that... Last place he wants to do is the ground, even though he's done a lot of training on the ground. Cause he has no idea what other people are capable of or have on them. And plus, he's in the country right now that there's cartel. So what they were told from the beginning when he came out there was, if you get attemptedly robbed, do not resist. They'll take the money and they'll go. And it's usually knife based with uh, his gun. But he said if you resist people will come out of the woodwork. There's this gang or cartel related so 10 to 15 people will just show up. <laughs> so I'm saying, you're not going to live on the ground in that situation. Yeah. So it's situational to me, of course, but also as you probably know, now I don't know if the ground was something new to you in your martial arts training, but for a lot of us that had already been training for I don't know, 20 years at that point, um, it was something new and different to it, so we never even had that skill set or used that skill set, so the adjustment you know and mentality was was a lot different, you know, yeah, to go to the ground or get on the ground so I, like you said it, it just it, it just depends on the situation, so like i said i don 't want them on the ground, I want them be you know initially because 80 to 90% of the situations, like you said about the wrestling, um, I don't know what came out of that, if somebody actually got hurt or not, but the majority of the time when fights start, you know, uh, people will break it up. And I posted one on YouTube the other day where, you know, two guys are fighting and it's in another country, but the guy keeps hitting the guy, and like you said, he goes to the ground, but he keeps crawling back up, and that guy keeps his distance, because he's where he lives, uh, you know, outside where he lives. He's not going to take off and leave because his wife and get her up there. So in this case, he, he doesn't want to engage him, get on the ground with him. He just keeps going into a guard, and the guy keeps getting back up. keeps getting back up. So like you said, I think that it depends on the person, one, who tries to take them to the ground, but also a lot of times when I see people go to the ground, there's nothing that happens that hurts them because they just tie each other up, you know, unless the person actually does, you know, out um, So, I mean, you know, everyone discusses that a lot, you know, as far as the Gracie's the Machadas, when I trained with them at times when they're first out here, I would ask them about multiple people on the ground, and if you have training for that, we don't get to see it that much you know, outside of the studio, but they do account for multiple people I and mean, they're doing a great strike and movement and you know, other things. So I don't a lot of people aware of that with this when you get to those have stand up components, you know, lots hold stand up
0: uh yeah. movement. Um, it's not just ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean
1: if, you know, if you if you actually get to work with like a, Carlos Moscato or he's got one on one. Or somebody like Richard Norton that has been training forever, you know, with them and does all the stand up stuff. But that's where I think, you know, you need to go to certain people like him to see how would you integrate and that's something that I still don't think people are really integrating you know, interesting. Um, for the street. For MMA they are for the pool and MMA. So it's only so, you know, uh, representative of what really happened. But I think 89% of the time, we can walk or talk our way out of situations. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like you said, um, if somebody's going to come in, like you said, in that situation, like the wrestling, you know, this guy's kind of out there already. And that's a, you know, like coming into where there's more than one guy. And there's a fight, There's something
0: wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clicking up there. All right. So before we close this, um, all right. So you mentioned that you did personal training. All right. So other than doing it with um, martial arts, uh, do you do any place else? I, I've been a personal
1: trainer since I was 18, and I've I've worked with you know, teams and. A lot of uh, elite athletes over the years, uh, especially in the DC area where I grew up, I knew so many family connections. So I just got you know uh, contacts all the time. Like we trained a lady, uh, yeah, the professional football league, and I was bringing up the real professional football for women, not like the whatever that the um, they did like the Laundry league. Oh
0: you know? yeah, that's.
1: <laughs> I mean, which is entertaining, but I'm saying they're you know hardcore just like professional football. And this woman was like 350 plus. He was like the center for, I think, the L.A. team. Um, and, you know, just so many elite people over the years. And that's why I've always liked the martial arts as the integration with it. I've always used the martial arts integration, just like a simple center punch that resets the body, teaches you how to squeeze, you know, balance. Um, I've used those kind of things. Uh, everyone likes bag work. Uh, 99% of people I've ever trained want to hit something. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, uh, even if it's a double M bag or he had talked or I made a comment at one point about bungees cause I've been yeah. out out of Vegas and I love the bungee cord cause you can set them up any direction, anywhere and it's completely uh, active resistant. So, you know, the egos out of not hitting hard it just makes me move quick and adjust and see. So um, things like that, you know, it, it's games to people with the activity and their training versus exercise. Now the word exercise, I me mean, when I've done sonars over the years and we used to market, like we go to these uh, corporate, to try to get people into personal training, uh, center that we were at and uh, you used the word exercise. So I was like what do you think? Most people it's a, a negative connotation to them. It's like repetitive or, or uh, you know, tiring or whatever and I'm trained to me. You know, we train no matter you know, like uh, you train for professional wrestling to do certain things a certain way. Yeah. Uh, IT people train, you know, constant, uh, you know, finance people have things they have to, you know, uh, work on a skill set. So I think the
0: mentality is different, you know, when you're training where it's activity based versus you know, just randomly exercising. Yeah. yeah. All right. So thank you very much for joining me today. So um definitely uh, that's really I've hit, like hearing stories from UFA on um, black belts, mm-hmm. so definitely and um I'm gonna close this out. So is any of my last words you like to say to the listeners out there?
1: you know and, and I, I try to be careful what I post and when I post because it's not worth it sometimes <laughs> You know, yeah. people wanna fight and argue about everything. Yeah, your opinion is your opinion. Um but I just think that martial artists, you know, that are martial artists on a whole, you know, they're always trying to grow and develop and learn. Uh, it's a life you know, lifestyle. It's something that goes on forever. Um, you know not just something we do, and like I hit people use the term, I was a like, I get this all the time, but tree uh, the one guy I'm training right now is 21, and he says, I was a black belt in Taekwondo when I was a kid. That term never makes sense to me, because I was a black belt. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, I'm kind of like, we, you know, what, at the starting point, you know, or a, uh, like you are saying, like a fifth degree, it's a, um, I guess a uh, I'm looking for uh, it's a marking you know of, of something you accomplish but we continue you know yeah. to develop uh, I don't know if I've ever gone a week I've said a day it used to be a day maybe not i never never gone a week without throwing a punch uh, just to train or hit or lose you know it's just the way I think and part of my existence you know, so it's like Always trying to find
0: the perfect, perfect movement, perfect. You know. Hey, so thank you very much for um, joining me today, um, Joe Chandler. So uh, definitely, I'm gonna do my closing for my um, podcast here. So, okay, all right, for those who are tuning into my um, podcast, um, make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the radio dot com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I will see you next time for another episode here at the Kickpot Dojo. This is your instructor, or should I say your host, TJ Williams, bowing you out.